Coming up on today's episode of Membership and Subscription Growth. Another mistake I'm seeing that uh, people get highly emotional in the beginning, put out the very best product, and then they run out of ideas in, in the second or third uh, round. The trick in our business is segmentation, segmentation, and targeting ultimately. It, it be, a member in a 100,000 club might feel more connected to other members and might be more targeted, get, get better products than someone in a 10,000 uh, membership club because the trick is to create cliffhangers. So they're always something because our mind always wants completeness. So you offer them something where they think, oh, I wonder what's next, right? So a little cliffhanger, little gifts and surprises help all the time because you want them to anticipate the next shipment. Welcome to Membership and Subscription Growth. I'm your host, Robert Scrobe, and my guest today is George Richter, CEO and founder of OceanX. OceanX is a technology platform that powers the largest subscription businesses in the country and helps them grow from 15,000 members to 100,000 members and more. Uh, when you have that sort of scale, there's a lot of logistics and uh, uh, that you're going to have to keep up with, especially if you're doing any sort of mass customization, uh, which is one of the things that uh, George promotes as a way of improving retention. But uh, while George is you know, CEO of one of the largest platforms for subscription and membership growth, his experience is decades long, decades deep, uh, from the in 1980s, working with the Book of the Month clubs, uh, working uh, in the 90s with BMG. If you're old enough to know about BMG, where you would uh, you know get a few CDs for uh, a, a penny or whatever the offer was, and then they would uh, then send you CDs every month. Uh, George uh, was a, a key player in that company, and also as a president of Guthy Renker in the 2000s, uh, really what is probably the largest, single largest subscription products company in the world, uh, with one of their key brands, the big one, probably the biggest brand is Proactive, and I'm sure you've seen their infomercials. But uh, George is a man who who has been in subscriptions for many decades, has experience today working with many of the largest subscription businesses in the country. And uh, if uh, you are growing or scaling a subscription business uh, or membership of any kind, uh, George is absolutely somebody that you're going to learn a lot from. And so I hope you enjoy this interview with George Richter. Welcome, George. Uh, hi, Rob. Glad we can talk. <laughs> All right. So, um, tell me what. Why don't you uh, because a bit of an introduction? Why don't you start with the you know, what is OceanX and how does it help subscription businesses? Okay, OceanX is a technology platform company. We're in the business of helping people actually entering the channel and scaling the business uh, of subscriptions. I am a really old guy. I have. Uh, Lots of subscription experience, actually more than three decades. And uh, I was formerly president of Gathirenka, and uh, we needed a new system. And that's why we bought, we built a system cloud-based. It's focused on subscriptions. And now we're in the market with OceanX, 
to help other companies. Right now, we service about 30 different brands. Wow. In the subscription um, space. Well, and I'm sure not the least of which is still Guthy Renker, who quite possibly could be the single largest hard goods subscription company in the world. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the things is I'm not talking about my clients, but uh, mm-hmm. yes, Guthy Renker is my client, and <laughs> that was actually easy to get them, right? <laughs> I come from there, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, and of course, you've, you, you've been in uh, book clubs and... Uh, Music club, everything, music club. everything, everything you can think of. Yes, from yeah, I mean, BMG uh, was what the single largest uh, brand in the music club. Uh, you know, of course, in Absolutely. years before Doubleday, um, book clubs, and then you know, of course, got the Renker, um, and uh, what a tremendous background you've had. What are for for anyone that is launching a subscription program? What is the most common mistake that you see when folks come forward and go, you know what, I'm going to go from, instead of doing single transactions, I'm going to create a subscription. What's the big, biggest mistake that you see? Well, if someone says that to me, I always congratulate them because they realize selling, you know, having a relationship with customers and working on an ongoing relationship is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And so big mistakes are that the product is not the right thing, a big mistake is they don't have enough money because mm. it needs money in, in this channel because it's recurring revenue. You actually have, and I'm talking to an expert, so, uh, because you have recurring revenue and recurring income, uh, but not immediately. So it needs an upfront investment. You have to invest in media. So one of the mistakes I see is that people don't plan for any media spending. They have a lot of passion around the product. They just mm. want to start it, but then they have not enough money to promote it. So that's a mistake. Another mistake I'm seeing that uh, people get highly emotional in the beginning, put out the very best product, and then they run out of ideas in, in the second or third uh, round. So mm-hmm. what, that, what that means is if you start a subscription, you've got to think ahead down the line, what are you going to do in three, four, five, six months? Because there will people, if you do that well, stay with you for a long time and you have to always give them give them something interesting original value but the main thing is it has to be interesting you have to be inspired to to get that subscription there's so many out there and yeah. the fourth mistake i see all the time i, I know lots of mistakes of course <laughs> oh, that's great the biggest mistake I, I see is that because of that emotion people just overextend themselves in inventory especially if the product is sourced from asia People say, no, no, I'll have 100,000 members immediately. And then they buy inventory like crazy and they sit a pile of stuff they can never sell, right, which is a sad story. So I would always encourage people to be conservative in the beginning, rather work with scarcity and, and build up slowly. Preserve your capital. Be, be very cognizant of capital and spend it in media and try all kind of channels you can, you can try, at least 20 different channels you can try today. And uh, that's also that overextending yourselves in inventory is pro- is also related to the number two mistake of not enough marketing money. Uh, yeah. You're buying inventory, then you really don't have money for where you really need to be spending it, and that's as you say in media and generating new members. Yeah. So most important thing to understand is it needs money, it needs upfront investment, it needs careful planning, and you know, a thing, a mistake I would also. Uh, point out is that 
there is a certain level of growth. There's three different levels of growth I see. There is this minimal level where you have, you know, really people out of a garage doing a few hundred orders mm-hmm. and to, to test the concept, but that goes only so far. Then there's the next level where they use common software and go to maybe 15,000 members is, 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 a, is a, 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 a guideline. 15,000, if you have 15,000 members, let's say monthly, there is the then all of a sudden these these common platforms cannot handle it. So if you really want to go to hundred thousand or even millions of customers, you need help. You need a sophisticated platform. Mm-hmm. And no question. That, that's what uh, that's all what I do. So we work with just large companies and help them scale. We actually uh, help people when they have twenty thousand and get stuck. Uh, then we get involved with them. Nice. And um, how is growing membership and subscription uh, different with 100,000 members than it is with, say, 10,000? You know, the, 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 uh, certainly there is the whole operational side that you were very familiar with at, uh, from Guthy Renker as their president, uh, but also in the culture, in the community, in the the way members interact, you know, is there is there a different feeling and energy uh, with uh, with running a hundred thousand uh, member organization versus ten thousand? Yeah, the interesting thing is, and again, I, I I love to focus on big ones, and don't get me wrong, we <laughs> we have small ones too, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but. Uh, the, the thing is, if it's a small one, you have, you have data around them. And, and uh, actually, when, when it's bigger, you have more data, and then you find subgroups. I mean, the trick in our business is segmentation, segmentation, and targeting, ultimately. It, it be, a member in a 100,000 club might feel more connected to other members and might be more targeted, get, get better products than someone in a 10,000 membership clubs because uh, if you have 100 or 200 or 300 and I deal with lots of them, then that's what the database really do. It, it connects people and it, it gives people exactly what they want in the right cadence with the right flavor and makes it interesting to stay there. So uh, if you're part of a bigger one, you actually feel often closer than if you're in a small knit community where just a handful of people try to connect. So uh, it, it's almost the opposite of what you might think intuitively. Well, I appreciate that. And because, uh, you know, I work with memberships all the time, and they're trying to, they, they think of their members as this one big homogeneous group. And often there is somewhere between three and ten really distinct profiles of where these people are coming from and what the what the problems they have that this particular subscription or membership program actually solves and so by having that scale and being able to segment and talk to your members differently that's a tremendous uh, advantage and opportunity how you know how would you know would you working with somebody and uh, helping them understand the segments they have in their membership how should how do you help them find the different segments so they can figure out or identify them so they can figure out how to talk differently to them. Yeah, it, it's a very pragmatic exercise to, you know, your, your database and you can ask people, right? You find out their profiles. 
you get you get three different sources. You have your files, and you can draw conclusions where they live. You know, the zip code gives you a hint. You get all kind of hints just by the environment where they live. Uh, you know, I, 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 you wouldn't sell so many pullovers to someone in Florida, for example. Uh, you get great hints from the person themselves. You can ask them, right? And uh, you get lots of hints by what they return, especially if they do partial returns. You know what they like, what they didn't, what they didn't. You get lots of information of what they say to you in either on your website or in, in complaints or on blogs or in mm-hmm. customer service. And then the last source is social media today. There's actually lots of artificial intelligence out there, which we use increasingly, where we study how people behave on the outside, how they would communicate, for example, on Facebook with a friend. You can draw conclusions who that person is, what that person wants, and how that person communicates. Mm. And then if you match that style in, the ad, in your advertising towards that person, then, then all of a sudden the person thinks, wow, this company really knows me. So marketing will be increasingly one-to-one marketing. It will be never a, a, a big group of people. It's almost one-to-one. And, of course, operationally, that's very difficult to execute, which, uh, which is a, a specialty we have, right? We can, the average person gets 15 different items per cycle, per month most of the time, and most everybody gets a different combination because life is flavorful, right? There's different mm-hmm. flavors, different sizes, different styles and uh that's that's the challenge wow that's uh that's that's really inspiring and it really uh you know it, again when i you know it, it really feels like some of the the smaller organizations i work with they do a lot more segmenting than even the billion dollar companies that 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 i connect with and work with and uh to hear that uh you know even the much larger ones are as focused on segmenting and communicating it's uh it's absolutely uh certainly inspiring um, i would now, think it's easier with, rob i think it's easier if you're bigger you have you have better tools you have better technology it's it's very difficult if you have a small membership to do that right you have high emotions but Emotions combined with technology and data is just better. That's wonderful. Now, I know because uh, I had had the honor of hearing uh, Greg Renker speak that, uh, with, with Gunther Renker, you know, certainly their member acquisition very often, they cost them more uh, to get a member than it does to, than they get in that initial transaction or two. And so that makes retention so much more important. What, how, how, do you, um, how, how do you create systems in order to improve that retention as much as possible and, uh, and uh, reduce that, you know, kind of that, that huge you know, sh- uh, waterfall of churn rate that most membership programs see in the first few months? Yeah, so understanding how much to spend in what channel and uh, that you don't get it back immediately is, it takes a lot of experience, right? I would say you can go about 120% of, of uh, easily 120% of, of what your income in the first few cycles is. That's fine. And again, we have models to do this. There's, there's the experience. But don't, 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 uh, we're talking about retention here. It, it is true that there is a large fall off because this is a function of at least two things that, 
Today, there's just so many offerings. There's about 3,000 subscription books offerings. People try things. You know, millennials love to have these subscription books, and they try things. So just because of the trial effect, I try this, and I'm not really committed to it. Uh, you see a large fall off. There's, there's standard curves. You, you see that the normal fall off is at 20% in the, in the first cycle, just fall off. And there's nothing to do with your product. There's something to do with that A, they just tried, and B, very often in membership programs, there's an incentive to join. So it's often have fries or, you know, an extra, extra goods in there. So it, it's a little front-loaded, the whole system, to entice people to try it out. So I wouldn't be too, in, too uh, disencouraged if people leave you. That's normal. And how you hang on to them, it's really a function of people expect value. You have to give them value. That your pricing has to be right. It has to be interesting. It, the relationship has to be convenient and easy. Uh, you know, again, you mentioned BMG Book of the Month Club, uh, Double Day, all these things I ran. It was different times and different ways of communication. So social media has changed everything. There's lots of pressure to do. Everything has to be upfront, right? There used to be hard membership rules. There used to be late fees. All of this is gone. The customer wins. Mm -hmm. So you have to make it easy, and the most important thing is the product has to be interesting. So as I said before, you've got to think always ahead that what is the next thing. So how you retain people is giving them all the above, uh, but I would think the trick is to create cliffhangers. So there's always something because our mind always wants completeness. So you offer them something where they think, oh, I wonder what's next, right? So there's a little cliffhanger, little gifts and surprises help all the time because you want them to anticipate the next shipment. Uh, mm -hmm. You want to give them what they want, but if you inspire them to try something slightly different, give them something new, that also makes them feel good. So they say, wow, this gives me something. I, there, there are several examples out there where there's boxes out there where it's, you don't know exactly what you get, but it's interesting. And so hmm, I wonder what they give me the next time. Or yeah. you give them exclusive products, products they cannot buy somewhere else. And people say, wow, I can get that for my club. So they will stay longer with you. That's, that's really yeah. awesome. And with, with products, when you're, when you're delivering a product you know, with uh, Guthy Renker, uh, you know, certainly one of the biggest flagship products was Proactive. And you know, so they're buying a, you know, a, a, a certain month supply on an ongoing basis of, of this product. How do, you, how do you make those hard product deliveries interesting so that they're kind of excited and surprised and, uh, about you know, receiving this product that they may have been receiving every quarter or every month for the last several years? Yeah, a very appropriate question. So we're talking about the general box business today, which is there's four different types. Proactive is, is an anomaly because it is a product you actually need. You need, it's a wonderful product, but you need it that your skin stays clear. So it is, it's different than, than, than other products you don't, where you don't necessarily need them. So there is an, as an, a very strong replenishment effect part of the proactive business. However, how do you entice people? You, you have to give always new interesting things too. Gifts still work. You have to give them free stuff in, in between. And then over time, proactive developed 400 different units or SKUs because then you expand all of a sudden into, uh, into a sun 
sun tanning or you, you go into, into blackhead removers or, you know, all kinds of things around the skin, around the core product. So m- most businesses need a hero product, something where people buy it, plus all these other things. So that's why Proactive developed from just a few. Most people think of it just of a three-step system, but it has actually 400 different things in it. Wow. There's also different, different sizes and different formulas, right? So that you keep it interesting, it has to be fresh. If you eat the same thing every day, you probably won't go to the restaurant anymore. <laughs> yeah, no question. And, and it certainly is a powerful subscription product and obviously it's been a, a, a tremendous success with the, uh, the type of marketing that Gothi Renker has put behind it. Uh, one of the things that, of course, I have seen over and over again is the power of having upsells improve retention where you know, as soon as you know, a customer comes in over the first 30, 60 days offering them complimentary products and, and uh, not only do the customers who buy more uh, stay and retain better, but even the ones that, that don't purchase the upsell, they also improve retention. How if, you know, what are the, you know, from your from your book club days to music club to Gussie Ranker to Ocean X, how have you seen companies use upsells to, one, recover that marketing investment faster and uh, build a better relationship with their new, newest members? Yeah, so there's two aspects of it. So I wouldn't do upsell for the sake of upselling just for revenue because at the end you have to deliver something good, right? So if mm-hmm. we just push more product and the person doesn't need it, that's, that's actually detrimental to their whole mission. But the biggest enticement, including the upsell, is if people, you've allowed people to customize. If somebody spends the time to either talk to the phone or, or digitally communicates with you and customizes what they want. You know, they, they take lavender over peach or whatever that is. It's a strong indication for the back end of that person, how long that person will stay. So personalization is the number one criteria for retention when it comes to upselling cross-sell. Again, product has to be superior, product has to be delivered at the right time. As all, all, you know, as about 70 different things have, can, can go wrong here, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it is, uh, customization is the biggest indication for the backend, I would say. That's great. Now, any, um, so with, with these, with your subscribers, you know, certainly it's a, a big difference from the, uh, with social media and communities from the BMG book club days to Guthy Renker to today, how, how do you see what, uh, uh, brands, subscription brands really engaging with their members in a community, getting the, getting members to share, uh, results, to share information and build a relationship with each other? What are, what are some of the best practices that you've seen in the subscription world? Yeah, I would think there is a there is a differentiation now where millennials especially seem to love that aspect of being connected with others, right? You mm-hmm. see, uh, I, I don't want to mention specific boxes, but, but you see, the, you know, a box starts with, you know, their content and goes into all kinds of contests and member connectivity and uses, you know, regular social platforms. And and, uh, and and connect them. And I think there is an age thing. The younger people are, the more they like to connect to others, and they like to actually belong to something. They like that mm-hmm. the company knows them and other knows them, and they proudly report about the product, which is, again, fuel for people staying part of that. So it's, the new game is engaging people, 
and, uh, and, and fueling that. And I, I, wouldn't, I don't think there's much theory behind it. Uh, if you have a membership and you watch you know, how these people communicate and you ask them, you will find out what they want, and then I would think you should always try to give them what they want and then fuel whatever works and stop what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's another mistake I see, that an owner has an idea of what should work and then it just goes nowhere. So you, I, I think carefully listening to your membership is the most important ingredient to see how they want to be connected. And, mm-hmm. of course, it depends on the... Uh, on, on the products, how emotional it is, right? So like dogs, for example, you know, anything with pets is enormously emotional. Uh, skin is emotional because, you know, that makes how you, how you appear to others, how your skin looks, how you feel about yourself, right? So you, you play around those emotions. Wow, yeah. So if, uh, if somebody came to you and they wanted to, they wanted to create a subscription business and, you know, they were trying to decide whether they wanted to be in publishing or they wanted to sell hard goods, some sort of actual product, or they had some sort of digital access or a subscription, or maybe they, ha- were, they could you know, turn their product into a SaaS um, company. Who, what would, what, what, where would you uh, suggest that they look first and why? I, I would carefully listen to them, right, because, you know, that's, that's too channel of an answer. Uh, I think that the biggest difference of these things you mentioned is that a digital product, subscription from digital product is, is good sometimes for the company because people, you know, have a lot of non-use and still pay for it. In, in the physical world, it's just the opposite. A physical good is a reminder, do I want it or not? Or should I cancel it or not, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so things might stack up in the bathroom and say, hmm, I should cancel that. I just have too much of that stuff. So, so digital and physical is, a, is, a, is an enormous uh, separation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have these conversations weekly and uh, I carefully listen what that, that passionate owner says. And then, of course, you have to look at the market, uh, you know, how the market for that product looks. And uh, there is a combination of, of uh, digital and physical products when it comes to media companies. You see that more and more, right, because... You see lots of magazines issuing subscription boxes because they have advertisers in there for a long time. And if something is advertised for a long time, that means it actually sells because otherwise it wouldn't be advertised. So by definition, you have those target products right in front of your nose. So that's Mm -hmm. why you see publishing companies uh, uh, often, you know, issue subscription boxes because they know what the content is and connect on several levels with customers. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, for, uh, for somebody who, who wants to really study the best and the best of subscription companies and uh, get good products, but also learn uh, be, by being able to be a customer and see the communication and, and see how they're operating their businesses, what subscription programs would you recommend that they subscribe to in order to really be able to learn from the best in the subscription world? Yeah, I, I think I have to stay away from mentioning uh, because, you know, some are my clients, some are not, right? So I, I have, to, have to be very careful here. So what I would do is I would Google the, the biggest and the best subscription because quantity has, has something to do with it, right, quantity. But I would, I would study four different uh, models if you're interested in the business. One is the sampling business. There's a sampling subscription box business. 
there's one le- one winner in this business. There's several losers and one enormous winner in this business. Uh, there is a lot of specialty businesses out there. Uh, that's around dog business. It's around uh, nerdy things. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure it, you, you can think what that is. Uh, <laughs> there is replenishment plus, meaning uh, where you have, it's a little bit like what Dati Renka used to do, something you need anyway. Uh, there's several shaver companies which fall into this. It's replenishment, but it's more than just replenishment. It's, uh, as, as a, a well-done subscription goes far beyond that. And then the most important uh, topic these days is curated. It's curated subscriptions, and uh, apparel and food are the number ones. I, I would study those four different groups. Nice. And then right. draw your own conclusion on your, uh, whatever your product is. <laughs> well, and it, it certainly gives you a lot of uh, place to start in uh, learning how to, how to grow your own. So, I mean, you, you have a tremendous background in direct response marketing. Um, you know, certainly it started out in direct mail, of course, because uh, you know, in the uh, BMG <laughs> days and the book club days, that's all, that was the, the primary thing how old I am. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I appreciate it very much because I started out in direct mail too, so I get it. Yeah. What, what, uh, what are the direct mail principles uh, that are direct response principles that you see that uh, work are, in rele- are most relevant today in today's online branding content marketing world? Uh, funny enough, while everything has changed, uh, not much has changed on the other side because there's always people with emotions. Mm-hmm. Free still works. Remember, that worked in the direct mail world, and that still works in the digital work mm-hmm. in the digital world. Free still works. Working with emotions with people. Uh, when when we did direct mail, it, it was it was at the end the offer was enormously important. Still, the offers are important, right? You, you, the offer has to be clear, concise, and you need a call to action. Not that different. That, that is, is from paper to digital, not that different. If you have a confusing web page and there's no button where they order here, you won't get the order. So that's right. actually, I see that a lot. People do beautiful websites, but they, they forgot the basic principles of direct marketing. You have to have a clear offer, an incentive, yeah, a good USP, and you have to make it easy to order. What order here? Some call to action has not changed. So the basics have not changed, although almost everything around has changed. <laughs> you still have to have the USP call uh, yep. incentive, call to action, and a, fa- a yep. fabulous offer, or you're just going to get lost in the weeds, and nobody's going to. That's know why that you need help from an experienced marketer in this. That's 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 the thing. It's uh, it's you know you find lots of digital marketing. Yeah, yeah, we're so, we're so we're young. We can we can figure that out. But there is something to be said about experience. You can you can adapt it and and and, and mix them together. But uh, I would get advice. For anybody that's interested in uh, OceanX or uh, learning about the, the platform that you offer, what's the, the best, best way for them to reach out and get more information about your, your system? That's, that's actually very nice that you, that you give me that line. <laughs> uh, of, course there, of course, there is a website, oceanx.com. At the end of it, there is, uh, there's an email address, uh, hello uh, at oceanx.com, and uh, uh, we get uh, quite many uh, requests all the time, and generally we try to be helpful to everybody. Uh, many we cannot help, but then we give them advice where to go. So we, we of course, we're looking for bigger clients. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm honored to, to help everybody. So at the website, oceanx.com, 
is uh, is the easiest thing to find out about that. For uh, for everybody who has more than fifteen thousand members or want to soon have fifteen thousand or more members, I absolutely encourage you to check out OceanX.com and uh, see what they're able to do in order to help you grow to a hundred thousand and more. George, it's a it's an unbelievable honor to have the opportunity to speak with you today. Thank you so much for generously sharing your experience and insight about growing subscription businesses. Uh, you're very kind. Thank you very much, Rob. Wow, what a tremendous program with uh, George Richter. Uh, you know, I loved his mistakes about you know folks you know rolling out with the wrong product or not having enough money, um, or they're you know they run out of ideas. They become really excited in the beginning, but then they run out of ideas over time, um, or acquiring too much inventory uh, plus uh, the uh, just the whole idea about you know his parts of value you know it's got to be convenient um, and then it's also got to be interesting always completely changing things up making things new and it and different and oh my goodness segmentation and targeting uh, this is something that uh, I'm working with with many of my largest clients that uh, I see when a membership start you know they really grow like gangbusters and they sort of plateau what's happening is that they're trying to be kind of all things for all their members and uh, what they what 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 some memberships are kind of slow to recognize is that really they have multiple types of memberships within their within their membership lots of different communities a lot of reasons why folks can uh, become a member and want to participate and what you want to do is start to help segment those different interest groups and provide something interesting and unique that those members want and uh, help help them make it, make that connection and build communities within your uh, overall community and uh, that's just really going to help you grow Jeez, I mean it's been something that I've been doing you know, more than two decades ago in the association world uh, you know we would create these special interest groups so folks you know within the association you know there'd be thousands of members but within that large membership there would be uh, these groups that would have a particular interest and you'd create something for them that was unique and, and special. So, uh, you know, you know what the, it's pretty f- awesome seeing the, you know, George's experience and proactive and, uh, you know, go back all the way to the book of the month club to today and running the largest subscription businesses is uh, really the same stuff that we've been doing for a couple of decades. So the uh, history repeats itself. What worked decades ago in order to build memberships and movements and uh, create your vibrant tribe is something that even works today. So if uh, make sure you subscribe to Membership and Subscription Growth so you don't miss a single episode. Uh, you can uh, check us out at membershipandsubscriptiongrowth.com. Uh, and also, hey, if you like today's episode, if this was useful, give it a five-star review on iTunes. I'd love to, and then also, you know, post a review. Let us know what you thought of it. And if you don't like the show, well then, yeah, then swipe left and go ahead and delete it and uh, move on to uh, a show that you do like. And uh, But anyway, glad you dropped in on membership and subscription growth today, and I look forward to seeing you next time.